Alright everyone, hello and welcome to another episode of the 411 Ground and Pound MMA podcast. We are your weekly look into the wide, wacky, wonderful world of mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Winfrey, I'm your host. Oh, let's do this at the top of the show because that's kind of when I like to do it. Just gets it out of the way. If you would, please, interact with the product a little bit. A subscription on whatever your podcast platform of choice is. If you can interact with individual episodes via some kind of comment, liking mechanism etc etc please do so and share on your favorite social media website if that's preferable or in person if you know real life human beings and you're (laughs) that you would like to share the show with please do so i appreciate any bit of help that you can give the show in that particular respect and i thank you in advance for continuing to support the show and what we do here it means a lot on the agenda this evening uh, no episode, no, there was nothing last Saturday. I regret to, I must somewhat shamefully announce that I wasted my free Saturday. Utterly wasted it. Uh, I am ashamed of myself in some respects. But this coming Saturday, the UFC will be, will be back on ESPN for UFC on ESPN 29. Headlined by Jared Cannonier and Kelvin Gastelum. I... This is not a terribly compelling card, but there's a there's a couple of things worth pointing out here. Uh, yeah, there's a few. But we're uh, we're, there was supposed to be I mentioned this last there was supposed to be an event this last Saturday, but the UFC originally scheduled that to take place in London, and that just fell apart for any number of reasons. Probably most if I had to guess, most of them being travel related, but. It's the state of the world right now. What can you do? All right. Uh, But we're we're just kind of keeping the gears turning here. Uh, The week after... Tell you what, man. The card on the 28th. uh, It's UFC and ESPN 30. Which we'll have a full preview of next week. But that main event. I'm taking a quick look at that card. There's There's some pretty good stuff there. Mostly that main event, man. Edson Barboza versus Giga Chikadze, that's that's going to be, that's a great main event, man. That just is. That's a great fight. Uh, that event is also supposed to host the finale for the season of The Ultimate Fighter, apparently, so whatever. Uh, that's going to make that a longer card. Well, we'll get to that next week when we, uh, when we have a, a more thorough preview of that, so... We will uh, we'll discuss that at, at more length next week. Um, also, not a lot of news. Not a lot of news. It's been it's been pretty quiet in the MMA sphere at the moment. Uh, a few minor things that we'll talk about, but other than that, let's let's get into this. So UFC on ESPN 29 main event, as mentioned, Jared Cannonier and Kelvin Gastelum. This was originally going to be Gastelum and was it Till? No, sorry, this is Paulo Costa and Jared Cannonier. I yeah, Till and Gaston have already fought. I don't know where my head was there. Uh, supposed to be Paulo Costa and Cannonier. Costa pulled out. Uh, I think there were some concerns over... Some of it was money. I don't remember the full reason. Uh, Costa having a bit of a dispute with the UFC. Not surprising. Uh, just not surprising. Anyway, in steps Gastelum. <sighs> This is not a bad fight. 
it's not a great main event in the traditional sense of the word, but it's it's not bad. Uh, you have Jared Cannonier coming off of his first loss at middleweight ever when he was defeated by Robert Whitaker. Uh, and man, Cal to be fair, Cannonier's been out for a while, right? That was October? Yeah. Yeah, October of last year. He's been out for a bit. What happened? Oh, yeah. Uh, probably because of his busted... Uh, one of the kicks that he blocked in the fight with Whitaker broke his arm, so he was probably making sure that was healed up properly. And it, <sighs> Broken bones shouldn't be that big of a deal, but if they don't heal properly, they just... That just that cascade that can cascade pretty quickly. I mean, uh, I wasn't going to talk about this bit of news at length, but Chris Weidman revealed he needs surgery again. His broken leg is apparently not healing, wasn't healing satisfactorily, so he's he's already had the surgery. So hopefully he's able. Hopefully no complications arise this time. If you get a busted arm, man, make sure it heals properly. If it does, it should be fine. It shouldn't have any lingering issues. But if it doesn't, they don't heal properly, then they, they linger, man. They just, they do. Uh, anyway, and Gastelum. The very best version of Gastelum, I absolutely mean this, is a championship caliber fire. I don't know some of that. Uh, now, whether or not he'd actually you know, become champion, even if he performed at his best, I don't know. But at his best, that man is absolutely a championship-level fighter. There's not a whole lot of dispute about that. I mean, he, to this day, uh, he gave Israel Adesanya his toughest fight at middleweight. I would even argue he gave him a more physically demanding and grueling fight than Jan Blahovich did. Now, Jan won that fight, whereas Gastelum lost. But I don't... I I still just haven't seen Adesanya kind of pushed in the in the ways that Gastelum was able to push him. Jan was able to kind of outfight him, but he never really. I one I scored that fight for Izzy live. I'm not sure I I'm I need to really go back and rewatch that fight to figure out where I stand on that. But I don't point as far as that goes. I don't object to Jan winning at all. I, I do somewhat object to a 10-8 fifth round for Jan. That was a little bit dubious, but neither here nor there. Uh, I would still say probably the most difficult fight for Adesanya was the Gaslam fight. You know, the the fight with Blahovich was not easy, but that wasn't a war. That Gaslam fight was a war, man. An absolute war. And unfortunately for Gaslam, he's just 1-4 in his last five fights. Uh, one of those, the loss to Adesanya. Then he lost a split decision to Darren Till. Uh, then he got submitted by Jack Hermanson. He beat Ian Heinish, and then he got beat in a five-round decision to, uh, against Robert Whitaker. That that Whitaker fight was not close. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was, I was 50... All three judges were 50-45. I'm 90% sure that I was that. If I wasn't 50-45, I... I don't think there was a round I gave Gastelum. I'm just trying to remember if there was one that I might have given 10-8, and I don't think there was. But uh, kudos to the man for being game, but he was he was never all that close to winning that fight. And that, now, I don't... 
And all that is to say, if the very best version of Gastelum shows up, he probably wins. But he's never really found the way to bring the best of himself to the cage consistently. Whether that's weight cut issues at welterweight, or injury issues, or just maybe being a bit too active for his own good sometimes at middleweight. Maybe it's just the accumulation. Uh, he took a beating in that fight with Adesanya. That fifth round that Izzy put on him was a 10-8. And was pretty close to being stopped a couple of times. Maybe that just you know, did something to him that can't really be undone. Uh, if this were three rounds, I would probably favor Gaslam. I think he can switch up the wrestling to win rounds if necessary. Over five? I mean, you'd think that would actually favor Gastelum, with that being true, if his ability to switch things up, but I'm not sure... I'm not sure he does. I'm not sure he will over five rounds. I don't know if that's an energy management thing. I don't know if it's just a personality thing. I kind of like Cannoneer over five. Uh, I'm not... I'm not sure it'll go that long. I mean, both guys hit hard, uh, so a, a finish of some variety is certainly not out of the question. I'm, I also just can't kind of shake the feeling that Gastelum's a little bit on the wrong end of it. And this guy, Gastelum's been in the UFC for a while. I mean, he debuted what in 2013. So he's been there eight years. That's a long time. I mean, that's a that's a fairly long time to be in the UFC. And he, he had ups and downs. He had weight cut issues for a while. He's I just I think he might be on the wrong end of his career. Just a thought. I might be wrong about that. He might he very well might be able to kind of rebound and fix what's wrong, but I, I, it's a nagging suspicion I have. Right, so I'm going to lean towards Cannoneer there. Uh, let's see. Now, in your co-main event, God help us all, Clay Guida. I don't have words for that. I just don't. I don't know why he's still in the UFC. I mean, he beat Michael Johnson in his last fight via decision, fine. I mean, his only finish victory... Okay, he finished Gomi back in 2011. Did not finish anyone until he beat uh, old Joe Lozon in 2017. Ugh. I've, in the past, I've said all I'm going to say about my thoughts on Guida as a, as a fighter. You know, there was a time when he was a pretty, there was a time when he was an acceptable UFC member of the roster. I don't think he, I think his reputation comes from like two, two or three fights that I can understand why people love, but. I think his reputation is significantly overstated, as far as that goes. And if you think I'm incorrect about that, I mean, he had uh, his fight with Benson Henderson. You know, that was 
Certainly not a bad fight, but Benson Henderson was on fire at that point. Watch his fight with Gray Maynard. It's terrible. His fight with Hatsu Hiyoki that followed that, not exactly great. He's he's not the he's not the fighter that you think he is. If you if you listen to the way the crowd reacts to him, you'd think this guy's a, a, a an all-time blood and guts brawler, and that's not him. He's done that on occasion, but that is that is not the most accurate representation of him fight to fight over time. I know I've watched I've seen all of his UFC fights now that I think about it. Um, not all of them live, but most of them. I mean, the man has turned in some great fights. I don't mean to, I absolutely don't mean to pretend that he hasn't. You know, his, uh, his loss to Tyson Griffin's not a bad fight. His fight with Roger Huerta is still a great fight. Uh, his fight with Diego Sanchez in 2009, I... That first round of that fight, if nothing else, that first round is insanity. After that, things, you know, they slow down and they're not quite that, but that first round is... No... That's required viewing, almost. It's that crazy. But he's fighting Mark Madsen. And... Madsen's undefeated, 10-0. and 0, And... An exceptional wrestler. Given that that's kind of all Guida has is trying to out wrestle you and just keep a pace that you can't really match. I I've I don't pick Guida to win at this point. I, I might have picked him over Michael Johnson because Michael Johnson, but I I just I can't pick the man to win at this point. He's gonna win some fights still. I mean he his style dictates that more than anything else. But I I think Madsen probably takes this. Heavyweight fight. Oh, boy. Chase Sherman and Parker Porter. Man. Just let it be over soon, right? Sherman had a... Uh, lost to Andre Arlovsky because... For some reason, heavyweights in the UFC allow Andre Arlovsky to slow a fight down to the pace he wants to fight it at. They have... This is almost universal for Arlovsky's last, like, 18 fights. Okay, 18 is an exaggeration, but his last several. He loses the first round, fairly decisively, but he sticks around, and then as the second and third rounds progress, his opponent starts fighting Andre the way Andre wants to fight, and he wins those fights, because if you let him fight the way he wants to fight, more often than not, he's going to win. It's, it's baffling, but it's true. Now... Sure, that's the trap Sherman fell into. Had a really good first round and then stopped doing the stuff that made him successful. Uh, Porter. Let's see. One and one in the UFC. Hmm. I feel like I should pick Sherman, but I'm not going. I. Yeah, yeah I'm going to pick Sherman. I'm probably going to feel really stupid about it, but I'm going to. Uh, here we have a good fight. This should be your co-main event, based on match quality. Vince Pichel and Austin Hubbard. Uh, Pichel coming off a win over Jim Miller over... It w yeah, over a year ago. That was August of 2020. You know, the biggest knock on Pichel has been his, in his inactivity. You know, he debuted and was on the wrong end of a suplex from Rustam Kabilov that knocked him out in 2012. Then came back in 2014, 
fought twice in 14, missed all of 15, all of 16, fought once in 17, twice in 18, once in 19, and once in 20. The, the man just can't stay active. Whether that's uh, negotiating issues or injury-related issues, some of which he has had. Uh, either way, he's a very good fighter. Uh, he's just... he He's not able to kind of stay consistent. And Austin Hubbard... Uh, he's had an up and down to run in the UFC. I think he's, what, 3-3? Three and three? Yeah. But he does interesting stuff. He's... He's got power. He's uh, a good counter. He's a really good counter wrestler. Uh, this one has some pretty serious potential. Or, throw the or in there, a lot of clinching. Or a lot of clinching. I'm going to lean towards Pichelle, actually. Hubbard does some really interesting stuff, but he hasn't, he hasn't quite harmonized his game yet. And maybe he will coming into this, in which case... I. If I thought Hubbard had kind of ironed out some of his issues and was, again, had really kind of brought everything that he bears into a single kind of cohesive uh, package, I might actually favor him. But I, at the moment, where based on what I kind of imagine happening, I, I favor Pichelle. Uh Flyweight, Alessandre Pantoja and Brandon Royval. Royval up to. He got stopped by Brandon Moreno in his last... Yeah, I remember that. That was the same night as... Uh, that was UFC 255, yeah. That was the fight that got Moreno his title shot, which went to a draw, and then he won the rematch. Um, see, but Royville's pretty good. Pantoja, Pantoja's been around, man. Alexandre Pantoja debuted as a professional in 2007. That man's, and he's been with the UFC since 2017. So he hasn't been in the UFC all that long, but he was a pretty big name uh, before the UFC really kind of invested in flyweight. Uh, Pantoja's, Pantoja's pretty legit. His only losses in the UFC are to Dustin Ortiz, Davison Figueredo, and Askar Askarov. So you've got Ortiz in 2018, who was looking pretty good. Figueredo, who would go on to become champion. And Askarov, who might be the next champion. I don't... I don't know that for sure, you know, how he and Moreno would match up, you know, if they fought tomorrow. But I'm a big believer in Askarov's ability, so. Those are your only three losses in the UFC. Pantoja's, he's a legitimate top guy, so that's a pretty good fight. I'm going to lean Pantoja, but uh, Father Time's going to catch up to that guy at some point. And kicking off the main card, we have Mana Martinez and Trevin Jones. Is that a short notice thing for Jones? Yeah, it is. I'm st I still feel okay picking him. I'm going to double check something. Because if I'm confusing him with someone else, then I might switch that. But let's see. Um, Trevin Jones. And he's from Guam. Yeah, yeah, I'm picking Jones. I'm picking Jones there. He he is the correct... He's the guy I'm thinking of. Uh, whereas Martinez... This is his uh, UFC debut, I believe. He lost on the Contender Series, but yeah, this is his UFC debut. Alright, as for... That's our main card. 
there's a there's a few fights with some potential there. Kennedy and Gaslam is a very very solid tel you know, TV main event. Pichel and Hubbard has some potential. Pantoja and Royville is a, that's a sneaky. That people will sleep on that fight, but that's a that one has some potential. Uh, as for the prelims, we have Austin Lingo and Luis Saldana. Um, right, there's a few of these that are just listed in weird order, I think. Uh, we also are going to have a fight between... There's a few of these that I don't think we have confirmed bout order yet, so I'm going to kind of go with what I've got here. Uh, so Austin Lingo and Luis Saldana. I feel okay picking Lingo. Lingo's 8-1. Has a win in the UFC. Wasn't great. Uh, whereas Saldana... Uh, beat Jordan Griffin in his UFC debut. I'm actually going to switch that and go with Saldana. Uh, let's see. Brian Kelleher and Domingo Pilarte. I feel okay picking Kelleher here. Uh, Pilarte... I believe he's got one fight in the UFC. Two. He lost to Felipe Colares and then, yeah, had a no contest with Journey Newsom. Newsom, excuse me. What happened in that fight? I mean, I know what happened. I, hmm. Odd. Wait a minute. Has he been out that long? He's been out for a while. Well over, almost 18 months. His last fight was February of 2020. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick Kelleher. Uh, let's see. Bia Malecki and Josian Nunes. I'm okay picking Malecki there. William Knight and Fabiano Charant. Uh, lean Knight, but he's got to... He's got to do something, man. He's... He's what? One and one... Yeah, he's one and one in the UFC. Did not have a great fight his last time out either. Uh, he's... Clearly got physical ability, but he's not been able to put stuff together. With Chiron. Oh, yeah, he got Von Flew choked by Alonzo Menafield. Yeah, pick Knight. Um, uh, let's see. Roosevelt Roberts and Ignacio Bahamondes. Um, Bahamondes... Where's he from? Chile? Yeah, he's Chilean. The 11 and 4. What? John McDessie to a split decision. Not nothing, but in 2021, you. Fighting McDessie to a split in 2021 is. Eh. Uh, I mean, by the same. By similar kind of logic, you know. Roberts is. He's got a lot of physical ability, very clearly. He's a long guy for the weight class. He's sneaky with his front, uh, with his choke game. Pretty good boxing. Uh, let's see. He got choked out his last fight. He got turned into a no contest, but his submission game is a problem once things hit the mat. How's that going to match up I'm going to pick Roberts, but that's a bit speculative on my part. Let's see, welterweight, Sasha Politnikov and Ramiz, excuse me, Ramiz Brahimaj. 
Uh, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Uh, let's see. Politnikov had a decent UFC debut, I seem to recall. He did, and then he lost to Impa Kasanganai. Uh, Rahima lost his debut, I want to say. Yeah, I got... Oh, yeah! Max Griffin el uh, caught him with an elbow and his ear kind of exploded. I mean, not the worst ear injury I've ever seen. That was a pretty gnar that was a pretty gnarly one. I'm gonna lean Politnikov, but it's a lean. And Abdul Razak Al Hassan and Antonio Braga Neto. My favor there. I mean, Al Hassan has serious power, but the man's on a three-fight skid. Yeah, he needs a win pretty badly. Whereas Neto. Neto hasn't fought since 2017? Good grief. What the heck happened there? And he's taken long breaks before. Good. Okay, I I I have to pick Al Hassan given the lay. Sorry, I... Antonio Braganetto's last fight was December 9th, 2017. Prior to that, it was June 28th, 2014. I just that that is a. I can't really pick you to win fights when you're fighting that infrequently. I I've. This is, I will say this, though. This is a little bit do or die for Al-Hassan. If he drops this four in a row to Braganeto on a significant layoff, that might be the end of his current time in the UFC. Maybe not forever, but for the moment, that might do him, that might be the end of it. Uh, as I mentioned, a few of these, we don't really have a confirmed bout order for all of the prelims, so a few of those might shift around. We'll just have to wait and see how the UFC chooses to play that out. But that is the card as it currently stands. And this Saturday, I will, in fact, have live coverage over in the MMA Zone of 411mania.com. So if you would please stop by, say hello, and follow along. I always appreciate it. All right. Moving on. Let's see. We got some stuff here. Okay. Uh, Triller, the music app that occasion that uh, will spend entirely too much money on celebrity fights and then lose money on every venture they go on uh, they hosted the mike tyson and roy jones jr exhibition they did one of the jake paul fights i forget which one uh they did something a bit more recently where oscar de la hoya just embarrassed himself on commentary uh, and I don't say embarrassed himself in the sense that he was bad at it. I mean, he... I'm not the only person who listened to what he did, what he said, and how he how he behaved for that show and went, boy, you are not sober. And whether that was booze or cocaine, I don't know. And I don't say that lightly. I know the man has an addiction problem with those substances. And... So I'm not making fun of the man. If he fell off the wagon... To the extent that he's sober at all, I suppose. 
Uh, he's that's nothing to joke about. I'm not. I, I am certainly not joking. But that's how his performance came across. So anyway, that group will be putting on a boxing bout between Tito Ortiz and Anderson Silva. And I bring that up here only because it is news that is adjacent to the MMA space. I don't think I'll be watching that. Uh, that is... I... Anderson Silva had a chance to have a really nice kind of closing chapter to his combat sports career. Even in the boxing space, when he beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., he didn't embarrass himself. He looked pretty good. I mean, if anyone was embarrassed, it was... I can't even say Chavez Jr., because if you followed his history in the sport of boxing, embarrassment is not is something perpetually attached to him. It was more the judge who scored the fight for Junior because I don't know who paid that man off, but I hope you enjoy your new car, sir. Uh, I don't... This seems like an odd move. This just seems like a really odd move in that respect, so... I'm sure someone out there somewhere is interested in this. It is not me. Uh, all right. Another little bit of news here. MMA, I'll say legend, a former middle, former Strikeforce middleweight champion, a multiple-time ADCC uh, champion, uh, also won several, uh, he won the Mundials a few times, I'm probably mispronouncing that, I think it's the Mundials, but my pronunciation is crap anyway. Uh, Ronaldo Jacare Souza is retiring from mixed martial arts. He was last seen in the UFC uh, when he was caught in an armbar. He had his arm broken pretty bad. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say badly. It was a because we heard it break. It was it felt a little bit gruesome, but not the first time Jacare's arm has been broken in a competition. In fact, if you haven't seen it, uh, his he has a jiu-jitsu match with Hodger Gracie. And Gracie breaks his arm with an armbar, but Jacare doesn't tap, gets out of it, and then goes on to win on points. Uh, it's a which is just a remarkable performance by Jacare. Uh, man was the former middleweight champion. There were a few different points when he should have fought for the UFC belt, and for some reason, usually the promotion being stupid, not stupid, Usually the promotion wanting to go a different direction. He never got that chance. It's a darn shame. I think he I think he would have beat Michael Bisbing. When when Bisbing won the belt, my immediate thought was Jacare is going to take that from him because Jacare is just a better fighter. And Jacare should have been next in line. And it, it just never quite worked out due to timing or he'd take a key loss here or there. Uh, it's unfortunate. He did a lot of interesting stuff implementing jujitsu into the cage setting. Uh, he's uh, he was a and he was one of the best middleweights in the world for a period of time. So sucks to see him go, but everyone has to go at some point, and given his age, makes sense. And I wish him all the best in retirement in the next phase of his life. I don't have really anything bad to say about Jacare. All right, uh, that's all I have for news. Let me check Twitter one more time and see if anything crazy happened. If not, we'll get out of here and we can just enjoy a very short episode. Nope, does not appear that anything crazy MMA-related broke, so let's get into plugs. 
Uh, my usual slate of professional wrestling is on the agenda again. AEW's Dark Elevation on Monday. Whatever MLW releases, if they release anything on Wednesday. And WWE SmackDown on Friday with the UFC event on Saturday. All of which I hope you will read. They are in the Those are all in either the wrestling or MMA zones of 411 Mania, depending on what I'm covering. Uh, I have a... Last week was a review of... What was last week? Last week was the Damn You Hollywood for the for James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. So you can find that over on the W2M network, if you're so inclined. That's where a lot of my movie reviews go up. So you can find my thoughts on that particular film there, along with Mark Radulich, David Wright, and a fan of ours who we ha- were happy to have on the podcast, James Greco. So give that a look and or listen, be that on YouTube or any other podcast platform that you happen to prefer. This week, there's going to be a Damn You Hollywood for Free Guy, which I will not be a part of. I will, however, on Wednesday, be part of the TV party for Loki, the Disney Plus series. So you can tune in for that. That's going to be a lot of us. Probably, and it's going to be a fair number of us. We'll be talking uh, that particular series and all the relevant fallout, I suppose. Uh, anything else I have coming up later this week? Not this week. Um, towards the end of the month, there's going to be a TV party Food Wars I'll be taking part of. So if you're an anime fan, I suppose. Um, the Long Road to Ruin for the Hellraiser franchise. Parts 1 and 2 is re-airing. I'm on that. Um, and there will be a re-airing of Everyone Loves a Bad Guy on the Iron Man villains. Not this week, but next week. So if you're interested in that, that's believe that was... Did something get moved? I think that did. That was supposed to be done in conjunction with the release of Shang-Chi, but I think they pushed that back a little bit. I don't remember. Either way, that'll be coming out soon. If you're interested, feel free to check all of those out. My Most of my other podcasting is done over on the W2M network. Give them a follow and find something for everybody over there. We cover a lot of stuff. Uh, a huge variety of material is covered, so give that a listen if you're so inclined as well. All right, that's it for us here on this particular episode. Thank you all very much for tuning in, for sharing us around. Always, always appreciate that you're all listening out there. Until next time, thank you all again, per usual. I'm a very grateful person. Stay safe out there and continue to be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>